0: this episode of Blue Breakaways Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Patreon.com slash Blue Breakaway, where you can support the podcast, BSBOTs, our Discord, our NHL Insiders Chat, and much, much more. Greg's even doing some Q&As today, the day this comes out. So very, very fun. We'll be at the Gin Mill on Wednesday. If you want to come hang out, that's in New York City. We'll be doing a watch-along versus the Washington Capitals, and we'll be at the game on Thursday. Good times. We finally made it. The season is here. Capo Kako Season 3 of Breakout. Finally, uh, Mika Zabinija, an extension. Shayna Goldman on the podcast for over an hour. Would love to hear your feedback on this one. You can follow us on Twitter at Orion Mead and Blue Shirts Break. And we have two new shirts out today. Lafreniere, who's laughing now, and the Adam Star Fox shirt. Which, honestly, I'll be real with you. My favorite shirt of all time. My favorite shirt I've ever helped design. And uh, I want to give a big, huge shout-out to our friend Nick DiPaolo, who has done all of our merch for Church Chicago, who has done all of our merch of anything we've ever released And it really is one of the best people I've ever met and worked with ever. So shout outs to Nick, shout outs to all of you for supporting, and happy Ranger season. We've made it, everybody. We're in for the long haul. Buckle up, boys and girls. Here we go.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Break welcome to the week of the Bushes Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of patreon.com slash Breakaway, where you can get BSBOTs. You can get percentages off our merch. A lot of other fun stuff. Merch, which we dropped today. hope you guys enjoyed. Adam Starfox. A little bit of Lafreniere. Who's laughing now? And some new beanies.
1: Uh, the beanies are my favorite. I'm here with Greg, my co-host. Gregory, say hello. Thank you for coming to my 25-minute explainer and TED Talk on the beauty of the ground rule double. Fuck off. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was the... Ryan's, Ryan's exact words before we started talking: "Is I don't want to talk about the ground real double." And I, I was like, "I'm just gonna make a mental note of that. Make I sure don't... I make that open."
0: Yeah, um, save me, New York Rangers. You're my only hope, I guess. Uh, in mm-hmm.
1: Liverpool at this point, but uh... oh yeah, you live such a hard life. Love Liverpool. Family. Yeah, Liverpool
0: life is pretty good. I have to be honest. Uh, and I just started that one. But the Rangers, this is a season preview for us. I am definitely not um, watching my baseball team get destroyed right now on the second screen. So it, now that
1: listen, that is the most unprofessional thing I've ever done. No, no one's p- ever done that. this no point. At no point has any host on this podcast watched a different sporting event while recording this podcast.
0: Honestly, get it together. Ryan, you're a professional media member and you're a big time journalist. I'm just
1: talking to myself at this point.
0: There Appreciate is... it, but
1: we're gonna have to pass. Speaking of... <laughs> See, every now and then I just say things that I know are gonna crack you up that oh, nobody shit. else is gonna understand.
0: That's, that's, that's such a good joke. Oh fuck. Uh keep it in. All right, let's talk about handing out A's, shall we? and uh, uh-huh. then we'll talk about me because it a bit of Jad. You get an A, you get an A, you get an A. It's and just we'll...
1: At some point, Ryan, you have to admire the troll job that your sport team does on you.
0: It's unbelievable. The I, I, We talk so much about of Abinajad and everything. We talk with Shannon for 55 minutes, so you will enjoy that. We break everything down, the whole season preview, but we got to talk about the nonsense first. And this is a team that you and I have been saying for many, many months for the captaincy that Jacob Truba would be the favorite. We didn't understand why Jacob Truba would be the favorite because Chris Kreider exists. We think of Abinajad, if he got the contract exemption, and he did, would be the captain. Adam Fox had a good case at this point in time. Did not get an A. Uh, because of the young Norris, maybe he's preparing to wear that captaincy one day. Who knows? Who cares? But the whole point is MSG and the Rangers and the beat riders for many, many months were like, yeah, we think Jacob Truba is going to be the new captain, including us. And then last week, Gerard Gallant says, you know what? If I was a betting man, I'd bet we have a captain before opening night. And now, Greg, six days, <laughs> six of them. <laughs> I couldn't care because of vintage Panarin who said he didn't even care or want one Truba bark at Goodrow. Like what? You just got here, my dude. What happened? I, this team, I have to be honest, covered it. Sometimes it's just a blast. It's well, so much fun.
1: Here's the thing. And I've, I've been pretty consistent with this. I think from the jump, I don't, don't care. I know. I don't think it's important for a team to have a captain. I think the locker room is good at policing itself. They can take care of their own business. They know who the leaders are the fans don't necessarily need to know we have an idea we knew who the leadership trust was before the the 6a announcement today we we knew all these things i i really think naming a captain is just fan service it's just something to please the fans at the same time it's not the worst thing in the world to do something just for the fans that's all i'm gonna say and when the, when like, it's, I get, if, if it's important, if it's not important, if it doesn't mean anything, if it doesn't matter at all, just you have the opportunity, if you're Gerard Gillon, if you're Chris Jerry, if the New York Rangers, to never be asked this fucking question ever again. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with beat writers writing stories about how this team lacks a true identity and how that all stems to them not having a captain, how not handing out the letter is indicative of the locker room how nobody was able to step up to the task of getting the C. You put all that nonsense bullshit to bed just by hand. Fuck. Give the C to Dryden Hunt. Who gives a shit? Like what? Who cares? Give it to Tenorti. You gave it A. To Rooney in the preseason, you couldn't just give a
0: seat yeah, to somebody just, well, else? Listen, it's eventually Lafreniere's anyway, or Fox's. I think you and I could agree that one of those two are probably going to get it. I don't know, Ryan. At this Coppococo... point, can
1: I say for sure that one of those two is going to no, get it? No, you can't say anything for sure. Capococco <laughs> didn't even go to the celebration but dinner. He, he, because to the Chad. Chad just got an eight-year extension. He's <laughs> technically under contract with the New York Rangers for the next nine years. And they're like, you know, I'm still not really feeling it with the letter with Mika Zibanejad.
0: And, 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 oh my God, it's ridiculous. If you're going to extend Mika that way, he's here no matter what. I, you could you could make the case for me, Greg. I, I think Chris Kreider is, is the captain heart and soul of this team. That's where I really think. I do think they're going to try and push him out eventually uh, over the next two years and try and move, move on from him, even though he has a no move contract, which we talk about later in this show. and, But if it's not him. It's probably Mika Zabinajad. It's been mentioned many, many times. The man is here for eight more years. And I'm going to do something disgusting. When Mika Zabinajad is no longer a ranger, if he finishes his contract there, you and I started this podcast when we were 25 years old. We are now 32. We will be 40 years old.
1: First of all. I, want that. I yeah. want that in writing Gross. for you to fuck off. But <laughs> okay. second, it, okay. it's it would be I mean. one thing if Henrik Lundqvist was still here, right? And then you could just make the case, well, Hank's the captain, but the, the, the goalie can't yeah, wear the, the C. And every fan would go, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Except the fucking morons who live in a world where Henrik Lundqvist isn't good. But we don't acknowledge the crem- gremlins right. on this show. But with, with this one, all you do, literally the only thing you're doing, first of all, Galant's the one being like, yeah, no, we're going to have a fucking captain, relax. Second, they're, everyone's like, ah, it's time for the Rangers to have a captain. It's getting a little ridiculous. And then third, you just you're making life difficult for yourself. This is one of those things. This this is something I expect from the Mets. Where if the easiest thing to do to avoid the headache is to just do the thing, then I expect the Mets to not do the thing. That is one thousand percent the Mets' mo. Like the Mets do the thumb down celebration. All you have to do is not acknowledge what you're actually doing with the thumbs down so of course javi baez comes out and be like yeah no we're booing the fucking fans fuck those guys yeah that's something the mets would do the rangers would be like yeah no we're gonna name a captain uh jk lol we got you we're not naming a captain honestly the part of it i like uh, our friends who are not uh, first of all everybody should be going to churchofcoco.com we have new merch it is all dope it all looks great the part of this that does crack me up we the competing companies that were like, we have all these items ready to go for when they name a captain. And they don't fucking name a captain. And they got to eat a dick on those items. That's fucking hilarious to me. And for that alone, good job by the Rangers. I am all for it. Well done. You trolled the shit out of people. And that needs to be acknowledged and applauded. But we're going to laugh at you the first time. I am, how, it is eight o'clock on a Monday and we have not gotten a Larry Brooks article to be like, well, the Rangers, no leader stood up, and this is indicative of the entire team and they should blow it up. Like that article's coming. <laughs> that click kick article would it's be coming. right now. If, I swear if it comes out before this season, be if the Rangers if the Rangers have a six game losing streak at any point in this season, I promise you Larry Brooks is gonna be like, This is what happens when you don't have a leader. And the Rangers I will don't have I'll a do leader. this.
0: I'll say this. If the Rangers on Thursday night when we're at the game, on the home opener well, they can't even do it because it's no, they can still do it. Me, and if Fox comes out and gets announced and they say, and your captain Adam Fox, I will stand and applaud. You're already be gonna be standing, drop.
1: you fucking <laughs> loser. Well, whatever, you know what I'm saying.
0: Uh, it's, it's in this case, you're right, you're right. I would be standing clapping either way, okay? Fine, call me out. But in this case, it would be like a really nice, I would like that kind of like, hey, we we, we kind of hid this, we didn't let you know, we did it just for fun. That's fun. That's fun to me. I would enjoy it, but now I think it's not happening. Now
1: you, Cause it's not happening. Like, they named six alternates, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could only, I think you could only have three on a given night. And they're like, no, nah, fuck yes. that. We named, six, six home, six away. Why of don't, don't you just name 23? Like, who gives a fuck? Really, really, I'm, the importance of the so letter. I,
0: and so, all right, so they can only name a couple cap uh, alternates that way, but what was your reaction immediately? I, I think you said you were happy with the Mika Savinijak contract, right?
1: You're kind of like- uh, I don't know if happy is the right word. I mean, it was better than I expected. Right. I just kind of always admit, I, I expected it to be eight years. So that was gone. That was done. Anything below $9 million was going to, I guess, make me happy. I gave $8.5 million dollars for Mika Zibanejad is a bargain in my mind. And I understand. I get it, Ryan. I, I get the final three at least years of that deal are probably going to be bad. I admit it. It is what it is. Every extension in the NHL is a bad extension. If we get that out of the way first and you admit that these are bad extensions and bad ideas, that's fine. I, The part that frustrated me the most about the discourse surrounding Mika Zabinajad were the people. I, I, maybe it was a vocal minority. Maybe it just goes to show the people we follow, we keep friends with. They're more anal- analytically thinking, more analytically inclined, and again, this is a bad investment. I'm saying that off the rip. I get that. That doesn't make it a bad deal in my mind, but it is undeniably a bad investment. But to say that the Rangers should have just gone a different direction is, it's just wrong. I don't really have a fancier word to call it besides flat out wrong. The only clear upgrade from Mika Zibanejad the Rangers could have done in my eyes is Jack Eichel, and there's a big old neck injury involved in that. And Ryan, I got to tell you, I'm still not, still not 100% sold that the New York Rangers are out in Jack Eichel until I mean, he's dressing me either. for another team that is not the Buffalo Sabers. Will I admit that the New York Rangers don't have a chance at a? It's got to be played for somebody Jack else back. for
0: me to say say otherwise, Gregor. That's for freaking sure. I want to kind of go through both sides here because if you're upset out there about the Mika Zibanejad contract, I feel you. I see you. I I said that I think I wish the Rangers could have done eight million. And six years. If that or maybe they could have gone for nine million in six years, something like that, but there's that wasn't happening. Clearly, I that's what I think would be best for the team. That wasn't the case. I got yelled at a lot. That happens on Twitter.com. No big deal. The case is with this. There was like like Craig said, there was no better option out there in this situation. Other than Jack Eichel, which we've covered all goddamn summer and I never want to talk about again, but we continue to do it until he's on another team. With Mika Savinajad, you are looking to win now. You have your kids who are young. They are cheap. You have Kako. You have Lafreniere. You have Adam Fox. You have Artemi Panarin, who is not getting younger. You need to t- surround those players with talent. The only talent that the Rangers found out that they can c- could keep with and extend was Mika Zibanejad. He's a great player. He's super fun to watch. He's really easy to root for. He's a great guy. It's, I don't, his wife's a great follow on Twitter. There's there's a lot of bonuses with Mika Zabinajad. He... His game, I'm not sure how will we'll age. It will not age the same way as our Timmy Panarin, who I think will age like fine wine. I really do. But if he can continue his shooting spree at any point in time, or rather for the next five years, the Rangers have a chance to win a cup. They have to add another second, set, second center to go with him. They're going to need that to have a chance to win the whole thing. But that's all they... You can't ask for anything else. You can be mad about this. You can. I understand. But you can't say... You have to at least tell me, hey, who else were they going to go get? And trust me, if teams could get Jack Eichel, they would have. I promise. I say that a lot in this podcast.
1: Specifically the Rangers. If the Rangers wanted Jack Eichel, guess who would be a New York Ranger right now? Jack Eichel. If
0: they offered Capo Kako two firsts, Niels and Kraftstoff, Jack Eichel would be a Ranger.
1: If the Rangers really wanted Jack Eichel, they have all the pieces in the world to get it done. And to their credit or to their criticism, they haven't buckled to the Saber's pressure. Right. And they're obviously not going to buckle now. And whether you think that's a, a prudent strategy or whether you think that's dumb, at least they've stuck to their guns. And I'd say the same thing about Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle in San Jose. All Mika's advantage had cost the New York Rangers is money. Hurdle, you'd have to get them, and then you'd have to pay them. So you're doing it twice, essentially. Also, I say this when we have Shane on, I'll just say it again now. You're living in a fantasy world if you think he's taking less years than Philip Deneau and less money than Sean Couturier. His extension, whatever it is, is at least seven years and at least $9 million. And whether that is something you're cool with, whether you think he's that much better a player than Mika Zibanejad, that's cool. That's great. I'm personally not convinced. I, I'd love it if the Rangers had both, but again, I'd love it if the Rangers had both Mika and Eichel. I don't think it's, I don't think Hurdle is such a clear and obvious upgrade over Mika Zvinajad that you should pay the price that you'd have to pay to get him and then pay the price you'd have to pay to keep him. I just it, – it's not so much that this is the bed the Rangers made for themselves. It's just there's no other bed available to them. You and I – how many, how many times, Ryan, have you and I on this podcast gotten blue in the fucking face talking Millions. about offer sheets, right? How many? Millions, Millions. of times millions if i could sit here and tell you that an offer sheet was a realistic option for the new york rangers and that means that mika zibanejad could possibly not have to be this team's number one center rangers would have done it already we know when they tried to do it with point and point said no nothing you can do about that but you knew vancouver was bent over a barrel with petterson and we know for a fact that petterson was the guy the new york rangers were confident they had enough assets to go get in 2017 during the draft. So if you're telling me that Chris Drury doesn't like Pedersen as much as Jeff Gordon did, and the New York Rangers didn't think they could push Vancouver to a price point that Vancouver wouldn't be able to work with that still worked for the Rangers, I'm going to call bullshit. The Rangers simply didn't want to do it. The Rangers, whether... Whether they are just against offer sheets in general or whether they think they clearly think Mika Zibanejad is legit in the real deal. They wouldn't have done this extension if they didn't think so. But it's not like the New York Rangers had any other options. They should be looking to offer sheet people and they don't do it. They should be looking to trade for people and they don't do it. Whether that's because they like Zibanejad that much, or whether that's because they don't believe the other pieces are worth those prices. Who's to say? Not us, not you, not anybody, but... I don't think this Mika Zibanejad contract is crippling. I don't think this Mika Zibanejad contract in inhibits the Rangers' ability to do other things. More importantly, the Rangers have already gotten in bed with Zibanejad, and they need him to be good in order for them to be good. I just whether this guy, I I, I don't know. I just I was stunned. I personally was stunned that there was so much backlash to the contract because...
0: Me too. It's not it's not fair, man. It's really not. Because you want to keep players like Mika Zabinijad, who is an amazing player for your team, who is well-loved, who is a star on your squad, who outshot and almost outscored in points per games, or rather did outscore points per games, uh, against Ovechkin two years ago. And That's a guy you want to keep on your team. And
1: who we should say is going to make less money right. over the course of this contract than Edwin Diaz is going to make next year. Like, we're dealing with chump change. Just because it's the NHL doesn't mean that Mika Zibanejad is making a ton of money. He's he's making nothing in the world of professional sports. Now, I understand it's impossible to compare the other sports, blah, 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 salary cap. Get rid of the fucking salary cap is what I've been saying since, I don't know, yeah. forever. Lower the UFA. I, 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 I think I was I, – I just got so annoyed because it really was like Mika Zibanejad, when he was on the $5.5 million contract and just scoring 40 goals a year and being a straight G – Everyone was talking about how he's one of the most underrated centers in hockey. And then the check came and nobody wanted to pay the bill. And not only did anybody not want to pay the bill, they also didn't feel like they had to do the dishes to justify not paying the bill. So I I, I think, honestly, I don't know if I'd be this ardent a defender of the Mika Zibanejad extension had that vocal minority not been so vocal, but I think part of the reason why I am so, for the extension is just because of the negative reaction to it. And I, I get that makes me like a bad person, probably. But whatever, that's who I am. And you've come to love it for some reason, maybe? Question mark? Yeah. Let's do
0: some five-star questions. You can leave a five-star question on our Patreon Discord, and we will read them on the show. Uh, this this first one is for uh, from CTB19. C- Not sure if this has been asked before, but... What, signing Rask to a one-year deal as a backup be a bad idea. This is very similar to the Barkov situation where Rask won't play anywhere but Boston,
1: and he's made yeah, that super Yeah, so, cool. next question.
0: Eric, after all these signings and all the hype leading up to the opener, what are the chances Wilson refuses to get into a fight just to troll everyone? I think high.
1: Yeah, I probably pretty good, but I'm sure we'll see some version of Chris Kreider, what Chris Kreider did to P.K. Subban, except this time it'll be Tenordi and Reeves doing it, and When you're getting ragdolled around by one of those guys, you almost have no choice but to fight back. Like when Chris Kreider is ragdolling you around, it's like, all right, this guy's psychotic. He's probably John Wick. But you could also just tell yourself that, (laughs) you know, you could maybe take him if you really needed to. If Reeves or Tori is in your grill, you almost have to punch back in self-defense. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, but I'm not 100% sure.
0: This one's from N Y R Coyes 15. Hypothetical: The Rangers agree to an Eichel trade and reach out to the Sens, Coyotes, and Red Wings to retain salary. What is the price to get of getting them to retain one million dollars of cash base each for the remainder of the contract? Would a second-round pick per $1 million dollars be a fair deal for both sides? That is too creative for any NHL GM. And they can't right. think that. That out.
1: essentially is what I'd get down to. And then, again, that's that. Not, not not, to, once again, go back to Mika Zibanejad. But you know what I'm going to fucking do? I'm going to go right back to Mika Zibanejad.
0: Hey, right back. There.
1: Everybody's saying that the Rangers just try harder to get someone better. This isn't the NBA. Good players don't get traded. Not unless they're almost. They don't become yeah, free agents
0: either. Unless they're players, players don't That's move
1: in the NHL like we think they do. The middle of the pack players, those guys who are on the cusp of being perennial all-stars but aren't perennial all-stars, the guys who have had one or two or three good seasons, they get moved. But Mika Zibanejad or someone of his ilk doesn't get traded that often, which again is why you should trade for someone when they're available, even if they don't have a neck. And it's just, it, it, it's not as easy as like, we talked we talk to Shane about guys like Dylan Larkin. We talked to Shane about, you know, players who could be available next season. Like if the Rangers didn't sign Zibanejad and didn't want Hurdle, their next option is like 38-year-old Joe Pavelski. Now, again, Pavelski, very good. Still, it's incredible. But did you hear where I said he was 30-fucking-eight? I understand we're getting old.
0: Yeah, I mean, another player they
1: might look at is
0: Malkin. But at that, that's point, 37-year-old of getting old.
1: Like, the guys you're talking about are short-term yes. solutions who have even more, even in a one-year deal, have a lot of red flags for you to be concerned about. It's... There aren't other options available. Like Philip Deneau was the number one center on the free agency market last year. These guys, yeah. If you, wanted, if you wanted, if you wanted a true good. number one center, you should got have. Paid. Again, not to go back to offer sheets, but I like doing that because they're right there and you can fucking do it. There's no rule that says you can't give one out. I just, I, until someone, not again, not not to go back on another crutch. Which was, if you don't want David Quinn, tell me who you want. If you don't want Mika Zibanejad, tell me the thought process in which you're getting someone that is as good or better than Mika Zibanejad, who is also cheaper. I need to see the math. You got to show me the work for me to believe the answer.
0: And, and the Mika Zibanejad contract is not the Barclay Goodrow contract. You can find Barclay Goodrows. I, I truly believe. Well,
1: well, yeah, they're out. They're there every. The, the Barclay Goodrow is who's available every year.
0: Yeah, he's out there. You don't have to give that player six years. That's that is still a disaster, IMO.
1: I don't know about disaster because again, you can trade. The Rangers could trade Bark Clay Goodrow at this year's deadline if they wanted to. I, I don't know. But why would they? They just gave him a fucking A.
0: <laughs> they gave everybody an A. I'm thinking about printing out some A's for our, our meetup on at the gym mill on Wednesday. Uh-huh. Just giving A's to everybody that walks in. But we should right. we
1: should ask them to change their name for the night to like the A Mill.
0: Oh, wow. I like that. Uh, this is from David, our friend, and NHL insider. Uh, what is your hot take for the season? Mine is the Red Wings make the playoff. David, you are crazy. That is not happening. Uh, my hot take for the NHL season? Hmm. Eichel gets traded before New Year's Eve.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not a hot take. That's so boring. Way to go, Ryan. You really went on a limb for uh, that I'm just,
0: one. I'm just joking. I'm just jokes. I, I think my hot take was legitimately – I think the Rangers finished second in the Metro. I, I do.
1: Oh, boy. My hot take. What do I have for a hot take? The hotties. Um, I don't think Jack Eichel's getting traded this year. Is that a hot take? That's hot. Yeah, he ain't getting getting fucking traded. We're going to have to fucking talk about him for another eight
0: months. (laughs) All right, this is from the last one. Phoenix Ignition. Phoenix Ignition. Uh, Since we know now about the money amount for the Mika deal, speaking of Eichel, is the Eichel trade dream dead? If not, how else does it get done considering the contract's coming up next year? We talk about that with Shane in just a couple minutes, so I'm going to let that happen. Uh, Gregory, I'll,
1: I'll, well, I'll say it even more specifically. I mean, we talk about how Strom's leaving and how you have to pay a second center anyway. So that money's getting reinvested. I also think, you know, Adam Fox might just get bridged. Oof. You push it down two years. And then in two years you can trade Chris Kreider. And then you pay Adam Fox when you trade Chris Kreider. That's a possibility too. Oof. You want, I want eight years for that boy.
0: All right. Uh, let's get to Shana. We talked for an hour about, the Rangers and the whole season preview. Happy season, everybody. Transition. Hey, we're back with our mega guest, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, how are you?
2: I'm good. I, I Can I just, like, play that every day? I need, like, you know, an ego boost.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on audio now for you. Whatever you want. Just clip it. It's,
2: it's, yeah, just clip it. There we go.
0: Yeah, so we're doing a mega season preview. Greg and I have already done a little bit of ourselves. Uh, what yeah i know that's crazy right because i know we're mm-hmm. recording it after but we're it's we already did it it's how podcasts work anywho shana a lot has gone has gone on over the past couple of weeks so i'm going to give you a couple of topics and then you tell me which you want to start with the kapokopko okay. re-redemption tour the Mika of contract controversy question mark uh <laughs> real rangers or uh or is eichel ever going to be a ranger you start
2: um, okay, let's go Eichel first and let's end on Kako. Cause that's a, that's a good one to end on.
0: Sounds good. So Greg and I seriously feel this way. Not a joke, not a troll, not trying to make anyone have the worst day in their lives. Not trying to make anyone lose their jobs. But,
1: uh, in this but, case, Ryan, you, you can't lose what you already don't have. So let me, <laughs> let me just, just going to put that one out there pretty bluntly for you.
0: Um, not trying to do any of that, but I still think the Rangers are in on Eichel. Until he is traded elsewhere. I do realize that the implications of assigning Mika Zivinijad to the contract they did make it even tougher for them to do so. And they'd have to get off of one of Kreider or Truba. I do believe they would try and do that. They are still in on him until he is traded elsewhere. And I will stick to my guns on that one. I don't disagree. I love it.
2: Um, Centers are one of the most important pieces of a team. Uh, Obviously... You know, you look at any team, any contender, and you're going to talk about their number one defender, and most likely it's going to be a right-handed defender because we know how important they are, but sometimes you have the elite lefty, so it's fine. Um, Number one goalie, which the Rangers have, number one defenseman the Rangers have, and now they have their number one center. The difference is the age ranges of each position, and it's going to come to a point with Zabanajad that his game starts to decline, which is normal for a player, and there's no issue there. It's just the way it goes. Um... So, when that happens, you need someone to incline and be able to fill that role because ideally the Rangers are contenders more, you know, longer than a year or two, if that's what it comes to. And we don't know. Zabanjad could be great for the next six years and it's not an issue, but you you need to have a plan in place. And people invest in centers. You know, you look at any contending team at their number one and two center. You look at Toronto, because it's always all about the Leafs, but you have Matthews and Tavares. They invested in their center depth. you look at a team like Tampa and you have Braden point down the middle of their first line that's investing in center depth and Sorelli for what he costs now and what he will cost in the future. You know, it's a lot of money teams will be willing to tie it up in their center depth. And maybe they don't sometimes when you look at Vegas, because they have those elite wingers and maybe the Rangers want to copy that and go, we don't need incredible centers because we're going to have, you know, wingers like a Mark stone, who can carry the line and do everything you need a center to do. And that's great and wonderful, but maybe you don't want to bank on that. So if there's a center available, who's young, who will be good in your window, then you can go for it. And maybe given the situation, they can get, you know, Buffalo to retain a little bit of salary and they might have to, given everything that's happened, nothing should be off the table and the Rangers can cut salary too. So yeah, it's, it's not, you know, a ridiculous thing to say because they're probably going to need another center at some point.
1: Well, while we're there, uh, I'm going to shock both of you guys. And I'm going to tell you right now that I actually did a little bit of work and research before starting this podcast. This is unbelievable. Uh, so this, this, is work, this works in two parts. The, the, it's it's piggybacking off Eichel. It's also making the point of how the New York Rangers really didn't have, it's not even that they didn't have a choice, but to give Mika Zabinajad this contract. It's just here, I went through all the rosters on Cap Friendly today, every single one. And barring something unforeseen and unpredictable, these are the centers that are likely to be available within the next two years. And even then, some of these guys aren't going to be available. And you guys can tell me whether you think the Rangers should or shouldn't go after this person, and if this person is even an upgrade over Zabinajed, I got alerts. There are about two people here that might be upgrades over Zabinajed, but they're not even going to be available. The first one and the obvious one is probably Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, he's making $5 million this year. He, he, I'd be stunned if he wants to stay in Winnipeg, but either way, it's going to be a long-term contract. It's going to be more expensive or as expensive as Mika Zabinajad. After that, you got Joe Pavelski, who will be 38. Uh, maybe the most interesting one, depending on what the Stars want to do, is Rupe Heinz. It's possible, but it's unlikely. He's got two years under contract and is a restricted free agent. Then it's a lot of Bo Horvat. A lot of Ryan O'Reilly, who will be 32 when he gets the free agency, Evgeny Malkin, who's 36, Patrice Bergeron, who's 37, uh, Hurdle, who we've talked about more and more on this podcast as we go, Max Domi, who might not even be a center, and of course, Dylan Larkin, who the wings hold all the chips with. Did I list a single center that you guys think is better than Mika Zibanejad outside of maybe Patrice Bergeron? And did I list anyone that's going to be significantly cheaper than the $10 million price tag? That is going to be on Jack Eichel if the Rangers were to still trade for him.
2: I think Hurdle's better. I think Hurdle's he's the only one I think said.
1: is.
0: I think the Hurdle's the only one that's close because he has a more what you would say in the analytic community complete game. Yep. The two way game. Is that where you're going, Shayna?
2: Yeah. Um. I think the big thing for him, and again, the last two years, there's so many different factors that you have to consider with Sabanajad, and I, you know, I think I've been pretty vocal about how much I like his game. But his play driving did drop off. I'm not going to hold last year against him in any which way um, because you did see his game turn around. But it was the year before that his play driving did drop off despite his finishing still being elite. Um, And that's generally a sign of a player aging more rapidly or aging sooner is their play driving dropping. And you can say, well, the Rangers didn't have a quality team. You compare to Hurdle, and he has not had a quality team. He has not had good teammates and, you know, line mates in a while. And his play driving is still you know, top tier. So I think that's the little bit of an edge and they both have great finishing ability and Hurdle's a better defensive player, though I think in a different system, um, especially offensively, that we could see Zibanejad be that better two-way player that we anticipate him to be and saw him be for a while. Um, I think that's the only one that you have like a legitimate conversation though of who's a better player. If the Rangers are smart, they're trying to get Hurdle too. Um, They should have their eggs in every basket that they can to bolster their center depth and they should be looking at hurdle because the sharks could be in a tough situation. And yes, it's going to come down to what he wants. Um, But if he wanted 9 million and you have, or eight, five, two, and you have two centers at 8.5, it might not be the worst thing. Although, you know, the timelines are a little bit funky with their aging and all that, but they're both, you know, top tier options to have. If you can get Larkin, that's great. But like you mentioned, uh, Eisman holds all the cards and then you have Eichel, but those are three, like, legitimate options that they should be weighing considering every single chance they get.
0: Absolutely.
1: Can I, can I push back just a little bit on the hurdle hasn't had good teammates bit? Yep. According to hockey viz who Shane and I saw uh, you, you tweeted out Micah's stuff today, which I a thousand percent endorse as well. His most common wingers last year. I understand we have a lot of issues with Evander Kane, the dude. But he's still a pretty decent hockey player, and also a bit of an analytical darling himself. In Rudolph Balsers, who was his second most common uh, winger, and his two most common defensemen he played with were Burns and Carlson.
2: Well, Burns was horrible last year, though. That's the I, one you know I'll pick at. Burns was horrible, and Balsers. I'm I'm curious who was driving the line there. You know, like I would say, I would say it was. Um, uh, sorry, I would say it was Hurdle, but like he played a lot of time with like Timo Meyer, who had a rough year, and Mario Ferraro, you know, was one of his more frequent defenders he was on the ice with. So it's a little bit tricky. I just think when you look at like San Jose as a whole, you're like, Oh, like, you know, that's that's a that's a rough. I, I team. get it. And yeah.
0: I, and I'm not here to break down this is like one of the best NYR Mondays of all time. I'm not gonna sit here talk about Thomas Hurdle for the next 20 minutes. No offense to <laughs> Thomas Hurdle, but I, I agree. I agree, or Tomas, however you want to say it. Like, uh, I guess just to
1: put a to put a bow on Hurdle talk, the other thing I saw with Hurdle today is, and I just want to make sure that I'm very clear about this very early on, anybody thinking he's going to sign for less than five years and less than $7 million, you are legitimately kidding yourselves. Yep. There's there's no way he gets fewer years than Deneau, and there's no way he's getting fewer dollars than Couturier. Those yep. two things are just not going to happen. So anyone out there saying, I wouldn't have given Mika eight because I would have just given Hurdle four or five. I don't know what dream world you're living in. Hurdle's getting seven, and he's also going to get nine, and that's going to be his contract. And whether you like that more than you like Mika Zibenedad, that to me is splitting hairs. His I-
2: market value for what it's worth, according to Dom's model, is $9.8 for the next seven years. So that does include this upcoming season, which obviously shouldn't count. But even if you factor out that season, you're still talking the eight to $9 million range for his market value, and rightfully so.
1: Right, I just- right. But
0: I think your point here, Greg, is that other than Hurdle, who I believe the Rangers will be in on if they do not get Jack Eichel, I think that'll be their number one target. Beat writers have hinted at this before. There's no one really else. This is this is your point. Is that Mika Zabinajad was the who else were you going to get? I'm I'm with some of the people out there who were I don't know. Well, some people were irrationally angry, <laughs> but I can understand why you'd be why you'd be a little bit tentative about eight years from Mika at Twenty nine. I get it. Some health, some health issues, some uh, decrease in play possibly. The age curve has never gone well. There's not a lot of eight year contracts that go. No, but but yeah. Ryan, no, how but many you... how
1: many times how many times this podcast whether we're talking about hockey basketball probably not basketball because you can only do so many years but hockey or baseball how many times have we said an extension is a good idea there is no extension that ages well the only one i can think of is very few that's it ovechkin oh yeah Yeah, Ovechkin Ovechkin can write
2: his own ticket you know the thing with it is the biggest thing is like anyone that's critiquing this, like it sucks the system sucks um, entry-level contracts suck the way everything is. It, it it totally sucks. And you see that restrictive free agents now are tar- are starting to take control back and push for these contracts and maximize their earnings at the right time. And honestly, it helps the teams as well, because if you can get a player their max value sooner, you're paying for their current performance. For Zibanejad, for the next couple of years, they're going to be paying for you know future performance too, for the next two, three years, you would think, at least it's going to come to a point probably around that five or six year mark that it's going to be past performance. If the Rangers had one contract like this or two, it really wouldn't be an issue. And obviously you have now multiple deals that you might have that concern and they're going to overlap at a certain point when it gets to Truba and Kreider and Zabanajad. But the problem is the Rangers re-sign their number one center, who if you don't start digging into the play driving concerns, anything like that, you look at him as one of the Rangers' best players the last couple of years. Everyone should be thrilled he's staying. But it sucks we have to dissect every little thing and we do i mean that's literally what our jobs are to do but it does take away from it for sure um but at the end of the day it is an eight-year deal yes that sucks it probably wasn't going to be anything else unless maybe they somehow got him to a seven-year deal the fact is they got the cap hit down from 10 and it could have been 10 plus he could have asked for that and you know what why the hell shouldn't he for what he's done the last couple years um so the fact that it's eight five is definitely more digestible for the team. And the fact that he's going to be playing around top wingers, no, he doesn't have Bucinevic, who was driving the line he was on, especially last year. But if Lafreniere can keep developing, or Kako does, and Kraftsoft does, and those are the players he's going to be surrounded with, and you still have, you know, this incredible elite winger who's not showing any signs of aging, you know, right there in Artemi Panarin, and then you have good players on the back end, like Nils Lundquist who can drive play, and obviously Adam Fox, it might not be that bad for, you know, a little longer than it should be because it will have support. So, is it the best contract in the world? No. It's an extension. It came at the wrong time, but it's the way it is. For an extension at this time, is it the end-all be-all? No. But the Rangers need to make it work right now. Like, they need to get their S's into gear sooner than later because they have these right-now players making a shit-ton of money that need to play right now those meaningful games.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. When I was thinking about it and when... I I like the deal. I really do. I I like the deal a little bit less when it was uh, the no movement contract until the last year, seven days before the trade deadline. That was a little bit where I was like, oh boy, that's rough.
2: That was Uh, something.
0: That was rough. I, you know, a Drury, not really a shrewd negotiating there. That's for sure. And I'm happy that Mika got paid. Happy he got that for sure. He, if his finishing could stay what it is now for the rest of his career and Adam Fox and these other play drivers are around him. I'm not really that worried, at least for the next six years. I think Mika could be very helpful. Top. One top two center for the next six years? Not an issue. The issue is that Lafreniere, Kako, Adam Fox are all on these cheap-ass deals. And you need now to win these next three years. But as Greg made this point, there's no one really else out there to go grab. If, if you're not getting Eichel, which, by the way, no one is right now. I, I do love this, this narrative of, of, well, why couldn't they just go get him? Don't you think some team has tried to go get him? Do you think it's just the <laughs> Rangers? Don't you think other squads like Vegas Anaheim. who is freaking crazy, they'll do anything they traded Flower without telling him? Like they they'll do anything. They'll give up anything and they still haven't got him. So why wouldn't they try and do that? Of course they have. And there was no other option for your window now because guess what? Artemi Panarin's not getting younger. You're not Adam Fox, not getting cheaper. Just not happening. Neither is Lafreniere or Kako, who I really think after this preseason are going to take some big steps. Shane, I have to be honest with you. I know That's it's preseason, right. but I'm starting to I'm starting to believe. I believe and believe in this situation. So it's uh, I I know why the Rangers had to do it. I can see why certain fans are upset, but it was the only move on the table, as Greg has stated.
1: But not not just. I just want to add one more point, and then we can stop talking about Mika Zibanejad because I'm sure we talked about him way too much in the <laughs> open as well. That's for I sure. just. This is not even about Mika. It's more about just NHL contracts in general. I don't think there's anything on an NHL contract more overrated than the no-movement clause. What I mean by by that is the teams that would possibly want to trade for Mika Zibanejad down the road or Chris Kreider down the road or or Jacob Trouba down the road, they're not going to be bottom dwellers. The Ottawa Senators aren't going to come up and be like, hey, man, we really want Mika Zibanejad back. We sucked for the last decade. We think he's going to turn it around. Obviously, Zibanejad will say no to that. The only teams that would ever consider trading for guys on this kind of inflated contract are teams that are legitimately feeling like they're one piece away. And you want to know who would want to go to a team that is one piece away? A dude who's on a team who's make, where the team is making it clear they no longer want you because you're too expensive. Like if yep. it, it, we're, I, it, it's a no movement clause, yes. It, it, it gives you protection. It gives you say in where your next destination is. But the only teams that are going to want to trade for you, you're talking about the Leafs of the world, the Bruins of the world, the Lightning of the world. If they want one of these guys towards the latter half of their contract, those guys aren't going to be like, you know what? I'm good. The only player in the world who ever did that is Henrik Lundqvist. And that's because he's a fucking unicorn, a special dude, and the Rangers still fucking bought him out. And they didn't even care. <laughs> so it's just like... I I honestly don't think there's anything on an NHL contract that is more showy. It means something to the player. I respect that, but it doesn't mean anything at all when it comes to trying to trade these guys, they will always accept a deal where they could possibly go to a winner. They're not going to say no to that situation. So I I, I get the people that freak out about them. But to me, I, I honestly don't think there's anything in sports more overrated than a no-trade clause or a no-movement clause. They mean nothing. People are traded with them all the time.
2: Um, I think that teams, knowing how much they're valued, need to leverage them a little bit better. Like, you'll see contracts that it's like, okay, they got the term, so then the money works out, or vice versa. Like, they got the money, and then the term they didn't get announced. Like, you just get, like, those slapped onto it that sometimes, like, you got to leverage them a little bit better. And there are definitely some players that, like, uh, if I think it was like Milan Lucic she was like I just wanted the no movement clause because he had moved across the country already like his family hated it like whatever I, I get wanting that sense of stability but like yeah there, it there it's you're either going to be moved to a team that is going for it and you're going to want to go for it or like I there's gonna be no more expansion you know situations coming up so it's not gonna be like oh you have the chance to be the mark you down or mark andre Flor,y of a brand new team like that stuff's not gonna happen anymore like you lost your chance with that um the one thing though that i forgot to say before about his aging that bodes well for him it was based on work by eric tolsky if i remember right he talked about like what kind of forwards uh age better or worse and snipers you know can age worse because they're not shooting as frequently so if they lose that finishing ability there's you know a bigger problem for them uh, but players who shoot the puck a ton do generally keep their scoring rates higher. So we know Mika Zibanejad can finish as long as he can maintain that that's a good thing. And if he keeps shooting the puck as frequently as he does, and you know, he's generally been one of the most frequent shooters on the Rangers, um, Panarin stepped it up a lot too, but really it's Zibanejad that bodes well for him. So as long as he has a good passer, which ideally he will have because they're developing the ringer depth so much, you know that might carry him a little bit further too.
0: Let's speak about the children. Okay. There was a preseason game in Bridgeport, where the Islanders were, where Philip Heedle, Capococco, and Lafreniere, and even Kraftstoff, all flexed their muscles. AHL Kraftstoff, in case you were wondering. We talk about that at some point. <laughs> uh, or, we talk, or we already did. Who knows? And Kapokako looks, at least in my opinion, a person who started a church about a man, who a boy who became a man, looks like a Hulk, just is skating better than he ever has, seems to be powering by some legit NHL defense. What have you seen from Capo Kako this preseason? And again, we're trying not to overact because it's preseason that can forecast a another level for him.
2: Well, we can go back further. Before preseason started, I wrote an article about Kapokako. I was going to write it at the end of the year. We decided to do it before preseason as like a primer for getting set. And I wrote about how Kako's primed for breakout year. Glant helps that um a coach that lets their players be a little bit more creative and that's more willing to give younger players ice time helps that obviously but it's you know for the most part it's because of what kako did you look at his first season yes fatigue was a part of it um he had such a busy year but there were things that were breaking down his game or weaknesses that we knew he had like his skating that were really showing through and the second half of shifts were way worse than the first half there were so many little things for the return to play, he looked better that you're like, okay, wait, there's something there. Okay. Wait, like let's, let's, you know, hold our judgment. Obviously that was three games, but let's see what he looks like after a regular off season. And then he had it as regular as it was compared to, you know, um, and he came into the last season and he didn't get the minutes, you know, and yes, he didn't last on the second line. And yes, the coaches chose to demote him and whatever. He didn't have that much power play time. And he really didn't have power play one time. So his scoring wasn't, all too impressive. His scoring rates in all situations were, you know, pretty close between year 1 and year 2, but when you factor the fact, you know, that he barely played the power play in year 2 versus year 1 and that's you know, now you look at his 5 on 5 scoring rates you're like, okay, we're onto something here. Then you look below the surface and you see how much his defensive game improved and just the overall confidence in his game and the strength and everything that you're expecting to see from him that you knew of him before his rookie season, you know, you're not just seeing glimpses, you're seeing it more consistently and you're like, okay, something's there. And there's that you know, Rick Nash-like qualities to his game. And in Uh so many ways, people will look at it and go, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, Uh you know, shoot for the stars. But that's a a legitimate first-line player who is a top-tier winger, you know, in his prime before he came to the Rangers, too. Like, there was this whole other side of Rick Nash that Ranger fans, like, didn't see consistently. But he's showing signs of that. And on the super high end, and you should never put these expectations on a young player. But it's worth mentioning... There were some Mark Stone-like qualities that were compared given the way he improved his defensive game. And if you look at a winger you want anyone to emulate, that's one of the best you could have. So there's a lot of room for him to go, but there were signs that he was trending in the right direction. And if he could work on his finishing and get better, you know, line mates more consistently and get more minutes and then get power play time, especially if you get power play one, but just get consistent power play two time with a good second unit, something they didn't have much of the year, there's a ton of potential. And then this preseason, he got it. Now he's playing with Strowman and Panarin. You know, now he's getting those minutes on the power play. And when the season starts, he's not going to be getting those minutes on power play one. We already know that. It's going to be the same power play one as last year, and maybe that'll evolve. But it does look like there's more potential for power play two. And maybe the units will get split time, you know, a little bit more than 70% for power play one. There's all these reasons to believe that he's in a position to succeed this year. And now, when he was put on the ice in these very few games, and yes, it's preseason, and at times it was against AHL-caliber players, he stood out. But then he stood out against NHL-caliber players in that last game in particular. And that should just be, you know, bringing your attention to it a little bit more. There's all these signs that have been building since the return to play, since all of last season, and now since preseason, saying he's in a position to break out. I would be shocked if he doesn't.
1: I gotta gotta pick a nit with something that I'm not going to do this all year. I promise. I, I, this is my this is my pledge to everybody that I'm not going to do it all year because it's so lame comparing everything Gallant does to anything Quinn did. At the same time, one of the, I would say, three principal complaints that we heard last year and the year before was Ryan Strome being on Power Play 1 and one of the kids not being on Power Play 1. And I just thought it was very interesting that today <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of chatter when Gerard Gallant rolled out the exact same power play one unit that David Quinn rolled out the year before. I understand that we need to give Gallant time. I understand that we need to understand that the time distribution should not be as dramatic as it was under David Quinn, but of all the things that Rangers Twitter could have been angry about today. I thought that was really interesting that nobody seemed to have an opinion that the power play one line was the exact same. That floored me that people so, weren't upset about it.
2: I don't know if people are learning to not overreact to these things or if there were too many other things no. to overreact to, which is probably the <laughs> that's answer. That's not true, Shana.
0: Yeah. People are not no. learning not to overreact, and I hate to cut you off no. but it's not the
2: case. Uh, I think there were just too many other things to focus on that. The benefit of the doubt that I'll give him, I still think Power Play 1 should play more than Power Play 2. And I think having a good dominant un- unit you can rely on is great. But if you're a team that wants to develop your talent, then you need to change things and make sure those players are getting that Power Play experience. And that can help you better figure out who fits on Power Play 1. Because if they never play on Power Play 2 and you don't see them, you don't know what they're going to do on Power Play 1. But with Reinstrom sp- uh, specifically, I don't think he belongs on Power Play 1. It has nothing to do with him other than the fact that he is not as, you know, like it's not like he's a bad player. I think he would be a great addition to power play two and he could play the slot there, which he can't do on power play one with Sabanajad. And we've seen him play the slot before without Sabanajad there and it worked. But if Zabanejad's there, he should be in that position, period. The end. Um, he's a right handed shot. He's not a very frequent shooter. He's not a very fast shooter. You need someone who can shoot the puck very quickly from that position. If they prefer to have a unit, with players like Lafreniere and Kako and Blay and Truba or Miller or Lunquist, whoever ends up, you know, quarterbacking it, and then that, uh, you know, another forward there, whether it's Kraftsov, whether it's someone else, it's fine. I mean, I, well, yeah, it'll be Hede then. Excuse me. So it'll either be Kraftsov or Blay then, probably, you know, rotating. And Blay looks good in preseason, so I don't see an issue with having him as the net front player. If you can have all those players develop chemistry and just get that practice in and then figure out who should go to power play one and that's how they start it, what the fuck ever? You know, they're learning different things. Why not see the power play unit that worked? Because it did work for much of last year and much of the year before. Why not see it in action and then see the kids all play together when you know that worked in preseason? Why break something that they felt wasn't broken in preseason? That might be the one way of looking at it. Let's see how much they adjust that's what was missing from the power play the last couple years if they're willing to adjust when they need it then it's fine if they're not unless of course it doesn't need adjustments but it probably will then you have a problem so until then like there shouldn't be that overreaction i'm surprised that there wasn't i'm sure there will be the second you know strome whiffs on a shot this
0: podcast comes out
2: yeah or strome whiffs on a shot or doesn't shoot quick enough or anything like that that were the issues with it before or maybe kaka will do something incredible on power play 2 or lafreniere will But the other thing is, if they're doing amazing things on Power Play 2, maybe the answer is keep them where he's thriving and just give them a little bit more ice time. So it'll be interesting to see how they react to good things, whether it's making a change and promoting the one player or evening out the ice time a little bit more. Like, there's a couple things here, so I think that's something that it's like, okay, that might be worth waiting on.
0: That's a very compelling argument. You did a great job there. But one of the things that everyone attacked, I think attacked is the correct word, Mm -hmm. David Quinn for was the development of Lafreniere and yep. the first overall pick that just couldn't produce points who wasn't on the first power play. Was, so I'm, if, I, if, I'm very curious to very, see how that plays sorry out. Sorry to
2: cut you off. It was that he barely no, like it's wrong that he wasn't on the first power play unit cause he should have been at times. But the biggest thing is if he's getting the power play minutes and he's clicking with the unit he's with whatever, if he's getting those minutes, he just needs to get time on the power play and then figure it out. But if that unit you see getting like, of the ice time it's always shifts on the fly they don't have the that's when you have your issue so as long as he gets those minutes and based on what we saw in preseason there's a chance they could be if they play at the level that they they were they should be it should be okay like I'm willing to give that because I'm curious about their willingness to make adjustments if it doesn't work that'll be the biggest test to see how they're different from Quinn are they making the adjustments if things get stale quickly
1: Shannon, with with everything that happened today, and Jesus Christ, did a lot happen today, it felt like. What was what was the thing that got you to react the most? Not necessarily overreact, not necessarily a harbinger of things to come, not necessarily a sign of the times. What was the one moment where you were like, all right, really? Come on.
2: Um The captaincy thing, I, you know, I I wasn't expecting that, but it was, I I don't care. You know, I I know, like, I am someone that has an opinion on everything and that, that's my job too. I get paid to talk about things that happen and give my take on it, you know? And usually it's talk shit about it because I don't like to have nice things. Um, If the vibe in the room directs something, so be it. If they want to see if someone like Lafreniere or Fox could step up and then they could be a captain for 15 years versus eight years... Whatever the fuck they want to do. They're the ones that know the temperature of the room. Do I think six alternates is a lot? Yes. But if that's what they think the team needs, so be it. The thing for me, maybe that was the bigger reaction was when I saw Tenordi slotted into the opening lineup. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not concerned with the off thing. I think he'll be back up in the next couple of days. Um, if he's not, then have a red flag up. I think Lundqvist are in that spot. I think Tenorti being in there is a bit reactionary to the Tom Wilson thing, but where my red flags go up is all during the summer, when signings would come in that were very Gallant-like, you hear things. And with Tenorti, I know that Gallant really likes his game. I know that Gallant wanted to acquire him prior on previous teams because he legitimately thinks he's a good player. So I am curious what he saw in his game in preseason to put him in that lineup, unless it's to stand up and be tough and rugged and so on and so forth. If he stays in the lineup further, that's where I kind of am like, wait a second, what do you see in this game? Cause I wasn't inspired by his preseason performance. I'm not inspired for what I've seen years prior, but I do know that the coach is inspired by his game. So that's my, that's my like biggest reaction. And everything I think has to be like a measured take because we're not even at day one yet, but that would be like mine from all the things.
0: We- Tornier was a lock. Yeah, Tornier was a lock. Tornier
1: was a lock when they signed him, and then they traded for Ryan Reeves, and he dropped from a immortal lock to, it's definitely happening, but maybe we won't risk our lives on it. Um, The the one that really gets me, I guess it doesn't get me. It's Gallant giving lip service, right, when he says, we're just going to ice our best lineup against the Capitals. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I, I understand you're just yeah. saying that. That's totally fine. I just, because... I, I hope he's just saying it, and I know he's just saying it because Tenordi and Reeves are going to play against the Capitals and Tom Wilson, and Tom Wilson's probably going to have to deal with losing a tooth or three. But, boy, I I like Dryden Hunt. I think Dryden Hunt is the perfect depth forward that the New York Rangers need. I thought Sammy Blay had a much better preseason than I ever expected him to have. I am more intrigued with his game than I ever was before the Rangers acquired him, but you cannot tell me that the Rangers' most optimal and best lineup doesn't include Vitaly Kravtsov, especially when we're not even a couple days removed from uh, the great Mercogliano saying that the Rangers are considering putting Kravtsov up in the top line if Kreider doesn't work out. So it's very clear that Gallant likes Kravtsov. It's very clear Mm -hmm. that the organization likes Kravtsov's game. I'm not reacting to Kravtsov going down because I honestly think this Game 1 lineup is just that, a Game 1 lineup and we won't see it against the Stars and the Canadians. But I the, the one that surprised me a lot was Kravtsov, especially since he's clearly healthy. He played in Bridgeport. He's good to go. I I was surprised. I honestly was ready for Lundqvist to go down for the one game because why would Lundqvist wh- – what does it matter, right? If we think both Kravtsov and Lundqvist are going to hang around for Game 2 and Game 3, it doesn't really matter who goes down on the paper move. But at least with Lundqvist, right. you could have been like – well, Tenordi's playing, blah, blah, blah. Can we also just talk about what the fuck do they think they're going to get for Libra Hayek? What the hell is happening?
0: <laughs> what, what is, yeah, I, that's a, yeah. We had a eulogy for Lieber Hayek. If you want to listen to it, it's on our BSBOT, on our Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com. And we did a full eulogy for Libra Hayek's career with the New York Rangers, and yet he paddles on, Shayna. What What
2: is happening? I don't understand that one. I really don't. Um, I get the team was invested in him, given... What it took to get him here, and they had a lot of faith in his game. He had chances to show that he was very good at the NHL level. He had chances at the AHL level. He had more chances at the NHL level. I don't get it. um It's a new coaching staff. It's a new, you know, partially new front office. There shouldn't be those same ties. Maybe they see something we don't. I'm sure we'll hear things about, you know, our numbers, our eye test, our whatever. Uh. I don't get it. I, I really don't. And I don't understand what's the risk of losing him through waivers. Like, are you honestly worried? Like, I would be more worried about players like um, who Seattle scooped up from Tampa today. Like, that's the kind of player that legitimately has potential and I'd be worried would not make it far through waivers. And they didn't. You know, if he went any further, any team should pick them up. It, it's players like that or like when it was uh, Victor Mete and we're like, yeah, any any team would be smart to add him. And Ottawa very quickly was like, yeah, we're gonna. You're thinking that about Hayek. I don't get it. Uh, i don't I don't even know if I see the need for eight defensemen, you know, per se, especially when you know you have potentially banged up forwards unless they are that confident in their ability to play back to back games, you know right off the bat, i I, I truly don't understand that one. And I well, am all yeah. for younger players getting the ice time. I'm all for giving them a shot. I'm all for adjusting their role. That's best I don't get it.
1: But here's a, th- th- that's the thing. The Rangers don't even need eight defensemen because they have Zach Jones, who's waiver, ineligible, chilling, ready to go. If they have an injury, it's Zach Jones coming up, not Lieber Hayek. And if it's not Jones, they'd probably give Braden Schneider a shot. And If it's not Braden Schneider, they'd probably give Anthony Potato a shot before they put Hayek in the lineup. I have no fucking idea why Lieber Hayek is still here. It doesn't make any sense. They must be very confident that they can trade him. I had a couple people tell me that they're probably trying to trade Hayek to get a right-handed defenseman who's already down in the AHL, who's another quad A younger-ish player around Hayek's age. God bless you if that's what you're trying to do and you think you can do it. If you exposed Hayek to waivers, I am very confident he's clearing. And if he's not clearing, oh, fucking well, like, don't cry over spilt milk. You're not going to be that upset. He's the 11th most important defenseman the New York Rangers have, but again, <laughs> I I get I get that this, this is this is just like me yelling into the void, which is seventy five percent of this podcast, and it's eighty seven percent of this podcast when I'm talking about the Mets. But that's neither here nor there. I understand that Kraft stops coming back up. I understand that's a paper move. I understand there is no reason for me to be upset about it, and I'm not. I'm just dumbfounded that we are podcasting on October 11th at 7:43 p.m. and we've gone through two of the most critical waiver days the NHL training camp has to offer and Lieber Hayek not only survived both of those days, wasn't even fucking exposed. So I, I just, for the life of me, no idea. I, well, I the NHL. Was, the, what think about league.
2: it though. Like with the expansion draft too, like this was the conversation. It's like, what's going to happen with Hayek? And then it's like, well, maybe they have a trade partner and they don't want to lose. Him. Like, whatever. Like, do <laughs> you think this is the asset that's going to bring you in something else? I
0: just, he's I, going to Buffalo. They're still in negotiations, guys. Relax. At some point
1: you have to question. I don't know who's telling yeah. the Rangers. They could have trade partners. Cause Ryan has survived three off seasons. Alexander yep. Georgiev has sur- survived two training deadlines. Uh, tr- uh, trade deadlines. And now Libra Hayek is surviving literally every day. Either the New York Rangers hey, are more hey. confident in their trade markets for their players than any of us give them credit for, or they're fucking idiots. And there's really no in between. In my mind. (laughs) And you can think we are imbeciles
0: and we know nothing and we have no connections whatsoever. The Rangers have publicly come out and told you they've tried to do this. It's not just us. It's them. They've said we've tried to trade these guys publicly. So they, and they can't do it or they can't get the asset they want. So I'd, I'd be shocked if they get, something for Lever it's, High. I it, really It's I so
2: tricky, though, when you are the team that overvalues your assets. And I think, like, Georgiev is, like, the perfect example of that because when, you know, he came in, I think everyone forgets what when he came to the NHL level, obviously he played well and it's like everything before that got wiped out when it's like, well, he struggled in Hartford and he did lose his starting gig and, yes, he found things to get back together. No, they didn't have a great goalie coach there or, like, one, uh just for the minor leagues and things like that. You know, there was a lot of things going on. But, like, there was still that whole history there and the rangers did value him a lot and it looks like it bit them in the ass because they were asking for too much did they just do that again like those are the questions that is worth asking obviously different management even though you know a lot of the people you know working for the rangers still worked for Gordon and that whole era too um but it, it, it's just interesting when you look at it and it, it's it's that question of when's the right time to move on from a player and that's that's the challenge every single team faces with every single player we could talk about it with ryan Strom every day of the week you know three years ago was it the right time to move on from him and then he came back with a better year and it's like well maybe now you have to sell high because there's no way he does it again and then he does it again and then you know he improves in areas that he was you know crappy at the year before and then it's like okay now's the time to do it so it's like there definitely is something tricky to it because if the Rangers moved on from Strom before, maybe they wouldn't have done X, Y, Z last year, things like that. It, it's definitely tough, but at a certain point, it's like, what is, what is the deal here? Like, what is going on here? Like, what, what am I missing that you don't want to lose this player on waivers?
1: The, the Strom stuff to me is one of the most interesting so what interesting. ifs because I wonder, I honestly wonder, I'm sure knowing Ryan and myself and how we're, Big future asset boys, and that that's essentially what we've become, that we would have been putting Ryan Strome in theoretical trades, regardless of what the Rangers' stance were. But easily, of the last 24 months, the only reason we talk about Ryan Strom possibly being traded is because the New York Rangers tell us that Ryan Strom is possibly going <laughs> to be traded. And I wonder if we have strome Heedle conversations like we've had over the last two years if the Rangers have just said, you know what? We like Ryan and We plan on keeping him, But the fact that it's again, like I, 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 I hate, I hate to think that Ryan and I are the dudes that are creating conversations on Rangers, Twitter, and in Rangers fan base discourse. I, I don't think we're those people. I know for a fact, we're not the ones creating the Ryan Strome stuff because it's the Rangers creating it and we're just reacting to it. And we're dumbfounded by the entire thing. And that's somehow how we got here from a Lieber Hayek conversation. I don't even know fully how that happens.
0: I can I can help you with that because we talk. We're doing season preview, right? I think one of the most. I mean, because Vinnagead is here for the next eight years, no matter what, almost at all costs. Ryan Strom is one of the biggest questions going into the season. Will he make it through another one? Will they lose him for nothing? Will they yes for fast it? Who knows? Will they keep the handle? Well, that's it's that's a... that.
1: I guess that's the thing I can ask both of you, right? With I. I felt this way before the jet contract, but I guess if jet was unsigned going into the season, there would have been a lot more interesting of a talk there. There is no scenario in which the New York Rangers are selling at the deadline, right? I can't hey. see a scenario in which Ryan Strom doesn't finish the year as a New York Ranger oh, I unless I can. I can. Um, well, there's, I, there's one scenario and it involves trading for a certain injured center in Buffalo and they trade Strom to make the salaries work. But I got to well, tell you, if the New York Rangers are playing well, I think they're just going to walk him to free agency like they did Keith Yandel.
2: I'm not sure about that um, because I think that's bad business, and you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to now go back for assets and take it from it. If you're going to take a step back and look at your team at any point, this is a year to do it to Go, We're ready. We're not. And make a long, hard decision. Still push for the playoffs, but be realistic about it. Go, you know what? We're destined for a first-round exit. Let's get one or two assets back like what St. Louis did two years before they won the Cup. They took a long, hard look at their team, they moved Paul Stasny, I think he went to Winnipeg at that point, and they were like, okay, we're retooling on the fly, legitimately retooling on the fly, we're going to move one or two assets, get a couple things back, and then we're going to go for it in a year, and it worked for them. Um, if they're smart, they do that. If they see that Philip Hito can handle the role, maybe they're a little more convinced, because they could easily say, you know what, Heedle can be the two seed, Barkley Goudreau could play center on, you know, the third line, which we all know he can do. He played center, you know, all throughout his time in San Jose. It was just, with the Lightning, primarily he was on the wing, because Yanni Gord was playing center. And there's other players that might become available, too, that they could feel, let's flip you know Strom, maybe look for a guy that's a year and a half you know rental or something else or someone that'll bring in less value or a third line center there's so many different things if you let ryan Strom just walk at the end of the year it's probably bad business you know you might think that you're this team poised for a run whatever you still need to consider this year and the next five after that because you did all of this to not just have a one and done you need to get an asset back for your number two center who most you know People who look around don't know if Ryan Strom is the one C or two C because he plays with Panarin, you know, he's a one B. So on a good team, he's a, you know, second line center.
0: I think on a good team, he's a third line center. And I like Ryan Strom a lot.
2: Yeah. If you see that he can play with a player like Panarin and not just keep up and compliment him on a team like Vegas, he's a two C who doesn't like go for that center depth, but on a team like Toronto or a team like, you know, maybe Colorado. And that's another one that could be interesting you look at what's going on. I think Kadri only has a year on his deal left, too. Like, there's other teams that were looking at Strom. I believe Vegas was one of them. It wasn't just a team like Ottawa that's going to be out of it because if they traded for him, it would have been to play him and then flip him at the deadline. It won't make sense now. But a team like Vegas, they didn't, you know, do with their center depth with, with, you know, whatever I might have expected. They went for Nolan Patrick, which could be a great move. Maybe the Rangers see a move like that, too, where they can. You know, buy low and bring a player's value up as their three C if they have faith in Heedle. But it, Shayna,
1: you're not you're not saying that you don't think Vegas addressed their center depth by trading for Brett Howden, are you?
2: Well, well <laughs> they you bought see. low. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. I think Nolan Patrick's the wild card there. I'd be really intrigued to see if he gets you know higher minutes. I think Chandler stevenson has been great as a one C, but on a top tier team, that's not your elite one center. You know. And William Carlson's yep. very good, but you're missing that elite center.
0: Which goes full circle. It's back to Michael Eichel point. If Vegas wants Eichel, I promise. They do. They tried. And they, they had to go another direction. They have aspirations to win a cup this year. They have for the last three. The first year was on accident with George Gallant. But now everything after that has been a very calculated, wow, we worked, this, this really worked out for us. Let's keep pushing. And that's why no team can get it done right now.
2: And Minnesota's not uh, going to be out of it. Sorry to cut you off. I don't think they're out. I, they don't have the money. Really? I think they are. I think that they're out of it financially, but if they can find a way to put themselves back in it, at the end of the day, they got they signed Kaprizov to a right-now deal. They're going to want to make it work in his prime. I'd be interested to see if they could find that financial flexibility and then Eriksson X their second-line center. I, unless you know he thrives at their 1C, which I think he will, but they just don't have the center depth. So if they think they're going for it right now, and they obviously want to if they just gave Kaprizov that money, their team I would be interested to see if they do try to push for it because they don't want Vegas to get them. That's just going to lessen their chances of coming out the West. That's how like I would look at it. I think that at the moment they might be out of it financially, but if they can get creative. And then a team like Anaheim has all the time in the world because they suck.
1: Shayna, this is a running bit that I do with Ryan every week, but I'm going to bring it on to you now.
2: Hit me. What happens
1: first? Jack Eichel gets traded or the World Series trophy gets handed out?
2: World Series trophy gets handed out.
1: God, all right. So I need to pick a different date. That one was way too easy for you. I know Ryan would have stressed over it. Uh, I would have. What, happened,
2: <laughs> I, I am what right happens now. <laughs> first?
1: Jack Eichel gets traded, or Americans sit down and turn on three games of football on Thanksgiving Thursday?
2: Hmm. You know what? The fact that if Eichel gets the surgery tomorrow that he wants, he's already out for the Olympics. That we know, right? Like that's that's done for. But maybe there's hope of the playoffs. It's team smart. They make it happen before Thanksgiving and try to have them healthy for a playoff run when there's no cap.
1: Tampa, Tampa, I swear to fuck if you're listening to this. <laughs> fuck off. I'm, 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 I'm going to be as blunt as I can to this right now. Tampa Bay, fuck off. I swear to God, I will go to war if Tampa Bay trades for Jack Eichel. I don't know how. I'm pretty sure Florida has me outnumbered in terms of, I don't know everything, but I'm going to do it. I will I will raise arms against the state of Florida if they trade for Jack Eichel. I want that and on the, the record. State. I, the whole state. I'm, even my parents. They're going down with the ship. There's
0: a, there's a lot of Florida man down there. I, but there's
2: another Florida but I team you, that's going to take your side. If Tampa gets it, you have all of South Florida on your side right there because the Panthers are going to be fucking
1: pissed. This this this, this You'll is 600 this Panther is, fans have, with That'll you, be Frank. as close as the Rangers actually get to getting Alexander Barkov. I just also want to say, thank Christ, I don't have to hear anyone say – Forget Eichel, go for Barkov ever again. Thank you. Thank yes, you, Lord. You should, yes, you, know,
2: you should go for Barkov, but it was ridiculous to think he was going to like leave there, especially with the change of management and the vibes that they had last year in Quenville. He wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, why Shane, would
1: I would have loved to have Barkov. You want to know why I never considered Barkov as a realistic target for the Rangers? Because Barkov said he didn't want to leave. That's why yeah. I never considered Barkov a,
0: con- not, a target let's talk for the about Ra- And Ra- not just later. that Barkov
1: said he didn't want to leave. He
0: told everybody in private he didn't want to yeah, leave. This-
2: It wasn't like, ah, wait, and we'll talk about it. It was very clear. I don't want to leave. Yeah,
1: it was the worst. It wasn't even a secret. It was everybody knew. That's why nobody talked about it, because nobody thought Barkov was leaving because he wasn't leaving. And now he's not. That's the only reason we never considered Barkov. Barzal is on record saying he was intrigued by offer sheets. That's why we talked about Barzal. Pedersen very clearly hated Vancouver. That's why we talked (laughs) about Pedersen. I guess we could talk about Brady Kachuk a little bit but I don't fucking know what the senators are doing. It doesn't sound like he actually wants to leave Ottawa. He just doesn't want Melnik to be the cheapest prick in the world, which I guess makes it sound like he wants to leave Ottawa when you say it out loud like that. But it's like (laughs) like the, the people we talk about who the Rangers could or couldn't possibly target on this podcast. Some of it is rooted in truth. And with Barkov, we couldn't have been more clear. The dude didn't want to leave Florida everybody would talk to said he wasn't leaving Florida and then Barkov himself said I'm not leaving Florida so that's why we never considered it and now it's over thank you lord
2: and even like the Larkin talk you know like when I wrote about centers the Rangers could go for it, and I mentioned Larkin a lot of people were like yeah right we'll take Adam Fox for him and blah, blah blah like the thing you have to keep in mind is there's a legitimate reason to say it could be in Detroit's best interest and it has to do with his window and wanting more money when his contract's up for a team that is nowhere near contention so he can get paid a shit ton to play in a horrible team that maybe will be good at the end of his contract or very late in it. Or, and yes, there's faith in Steve Eisenman, but you have to be realistic. Or he can take a little bit less money and go play for a good team. And maybe Detroit sees then goes, yeah, let's make this worth our while after developing him all this time and paying him these years. Like, there's truth in it. There's reason behind it. We're not just picking a random player and being like, you know what? I think the Rangers are going to get Brayden Point. No, they're not going to get fucking Brayden Point. Everyone will want Braden Point. But there's reason to think, hey... There's reason with Eichel. There's reason with Hurdle. There's reason with Larkin. Barkov, there wasn't. He didn't want to go anywhere. We know Larkin.
1: Him. Larkin to this day still intrigues me thoroughly. But again, like the thing that makes Eichel specifically so different—not just Eichel being a top-five center in the league—it's also the management that you're dealing with. Yeah. The three of us are pretty confident. Whoever wants to trade with the Buffalo Sabers can probably get one over on the Sabers. We have some pretty good evidence to suggest that is possible. With Iserman, I can't think of a trade he's lost. I just I can't. didn't like
2: the Nick Letty deal. I thought that was like a legitimately like a questionable deal from his end. And I was very surprised when I heard the trade because I was like, did you really just make that trade? But. But. Yeah.
0: There's very few. He's yeah, got a great absolutely. track record. Usually wins those trades. I wouldn't want to trade with him in the first place. I like Larkin a lot. I'm not sure it's ever going to go down for the Rangers. Also.
1: also in general. A- just to add add to it, I, I understand he has another year after this one, but he's making $6 million now. Do we think his number comes in lower than Mika ads? I'd be surprised.
2: We talked about that before, I think. Yeah, we definitely talked about that before. I think last time I was on, it's the question goes to him, do you want to make more money and make $9 million because you can stay in Detroit and be in hell as long as you want. You can make every single dime you want. If you want to be on a contender like us, and, you know, that's the conversation. If you're the Rangers to him, you want to be a contender like us, you're going to take a pay cut because you've made good money all this time, and now you're going to go for a cup. What do you prefer to do? And that's how they can try to leverage it. Do I think that that's the right thing to do for the player? I'm not sure. It really does depend depend on his preference because it's not like he wasn't making money this whole time, but it's like the legitimate conversation a team can have going to him going like, hey, you made money on a shitty team. You want to be on a contender now. You're not going to make that much more money because – it's not like you've been lighting it up, driving this team for a million years that we're like, oh, my God, like Jack Eichel. So that's like the one argument that they could try. Will it work? I don't fucking know. I don't know what his preferences are, you know?
1: I don't either.
0: Um, anything else we missed for the season, Gregory? Oh, For the season?
1: Well, since we're never yeah. going to talk to Shayna again. Uh... Yeah, no. Shayna.
0: Well, okay, fine. Final question for me. I'm not going to ask you, like, point prediction or anything like that. Okay. Do you think this Ranger team is a playoff team?
2: Okay. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that I would be surprised if the Metro doesn't get at least four teams in. Uh, I'm not, and I think the shocked. Rangers are one of them. I would imagine they get five, but there's a chance it is only four. Um, I would be surprised if the Rangers weren't the like three or four spot in that. I think they could have had a better chance. They could have done better things than what they did and they're hamstringing themselves a little bit, but I do think that there's a lot of potential the way the kids look so far. Um, encouraging signs there. Uh, yes. Their play was messy in, you know, the neutral zone in preseason. It's a gallant system. It's very high risk, high reward. And until you learn it, this is how it's going to be. So, you know, it, it is the way it is. Uh, but I think that they'll clean up there. And then obviously, if Schuster and there's a lot of good reason to think that they have a chance at the playoffs. And then you look at the rest of the division. I think the Islanders and the Hurricanes are really teams to watch. Um, Pittsburgh always manages to pull one out of their ass. I don't have. But
0: couldn't it this be the year that doesn't happen? Maybe. Am I crazy?
2: Maybe. I mean you look at the injuries that they're dealing with maybe it could totally be and I don't have confidence in their goaltending but they this could be the year they fall off maybe they're that you know second wild card seed if they make it you know it it 100% could happen and the Capitals you know there's Ovechkin depending on what happens with his health after he got hurt in preseason but like I think the Rangers have a legitimate shot and it does help that there's teams trending in the opposite direction in their division, but they they absolutely have a shot. If they just fall short of the playoffs, it doesn't mean the season's a total loss. As long as you see progress in the building blocks, to legitimately go for it next year, next year should be the year that they legitimately are like that bonafide playoff team. If they can make the playoffs this year, though, that's a win.
1: All right, my final question for you, Shana, before we let you go. Your bold prediction. Say things are going well, everything's going right for the New York Rangers as we get closer to the trade deadline. Who is the big ticket item they use their millions upon millions in cap space to acquire? Whether it's a rental, whether it's a rental plus. Who
2: is the big ticket item?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I threw I threw a bad one at you that ended.
2: No, I like that question. I'm I know. It's it's, it's
1: but it's it's a it's a big one.
0: It's a bad one. It's the hockey stat minor question of the week, really.
2: Who is the big ticket? Hmm. You have to think of a bad team willing to move a player. I mean, the big ticket item could be Hurdle. And if they do Hurdle, that means, you know, they already moved on from Strom.
1: If they hmm. trade for Hurdle, do you think the Rangers have to extend him or can you live with him for just half a year?
2: They could, but they shouldn't. Other teams are going to be offering the Sharks way more for a sign and trade. The Sharks, if they're smart, are not going to, you know okay at otherwise uh the interesting to one to uh, to me could be riley smith and if the rangers feel okay with their center depth i will not be surprised if there's somehow a deal that brings riley smith to new york and ryanstrom to vegas that's my bold prediction is it that bold
1: that's always kind of been the rumor it's not
2: that bold the last couple Should of I weeks think of something it's not that bold, bold but i like
1: it I, uh, hey this is this is your segment chin this the is your one, time to shine
2: the other one they could go after that i think would be intriguing would be raquel that's my like wild card out there. I could see them going for someone like Raquel who can play center or wing. And maybe that is your super skilled, you know, two C to three C, depending on how it goes with Heedle, given that he is 29 um, and whatever, but maybe that, that, you know, works for them.
0: Chan, I can't thank you enough for spending this much time with us. Can't uh, it's unbearable as it is to spend any time with us. You've done it for (laughs) 55 minutes. Why don't you plug what you do? We'll plug what we do and we will get out of here.
2: Um, I write things Uh, you can find my fantasy hockey writing every other week at the athletic. Uh, You can find ideally once a week stories on the Rangers at the athletic and uh, you know, maybe we'll be sprinkling in something else. Who knows who Who among us truly knows. And you can buy things from me, your favorite small business. Yep, you can buy things. Um, you can get scrunchies. Yes, scrunchies are in fashion. People have been asking me this question. Scrunchies never left. Some of us have continued to wear them. The bigger the better. You can get scrunchies, acid wash, masks, um, pillows, throw pillows, all things like that uh, at my Etsy shop. It is linked in my bio. And yeah, we we like to you know support a small business. My dogs are working tirelessly every day on it. So, you wow. know.
0: Dog labor. There we go. They're crazy. Um, we, I i would like to say one thing about Shana's shop. I have her masks. I wear the Ranger, I'm going to be wearing the Ranger mask to the game on this week, uh, on Thursday. Very fun. And uh, I'm Ryan, that's Greg. You can follow me at meet You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We also have new merch out today. You've maybe seen Hi, it. You? We posted it on Twitter. We have our new Who's Laughing Now Lafreniere shirt. We have our Adam Star Fox t shirt, which is very sweet. I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, we'll be at the gym mill on Wednesday night for the Washington Capitals game. I don't know how many people we could fit down there. Get there early if you want to get in. I really don't. Greg, do we know a capacity limit? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I need to call. <laughs> I, think, I have so many questions. Like, can I go from under 21? I don't know. It's a bar. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I I, would I've say, never I been say, allowed I, in
2: a bar under 21. I never got into one under especially 21. Especially
1: in New York City. I will say this. Uh, I understand everybody asking us this question, but you can also ask the gin mill. They have a phone number because we're going to be asking them the same question. So if you, if you, if you want to cut out the middleman, which is me and Ryan call the gin mill directly. That's all you, I'm going to say you about you need that. a vaccination
0: card. Cause that's required. In I know uh, that one, the City that one I know. so there you go. We'll be back. We'll be there at around six game starts at seven We'll be drinking. We'll be, we have a, we have a room rent right out at the bottom. Very fun. Then we will be at the opening night game on Thursday. Greg and I very good times. All right, that's it for the show. I'm gonna thank our Patreon subscribers, and I'm gonna do a little bit of uh, something else. Who knows? And then we'll get that. We'll see you guys later this week. Oh, one more, one more piece of item. I'm so sorry. This Friday will be a BSBOT for Patreon because we will be at the games Wednesday and Thursday. There you go. So we'll be recording on Friday. Love you guys. Goodbye. And I want to thank our Patreon subscribers for making this podcast happen. I promise you. That we've done a lot of work behind the scenes, whether it's putting out billboards, whether it's trying to get guests that we can't are not allowed to have. I promise. If you think there's a guest we've you you wanted on this show, I promise we've tried and we're still trying, despite many attempts. Okay, I want to thank these people, the people that make it happen, any Patreon subscriber, but mostly. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Ad- Adam K- uh, Cheech, Alex Gardner, Alexander, Amber Collinsberger, Austin Beetleman Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggest Malone, Brian Doyle, Blue Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis Dazen, De- De- David and David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Eric Stack, George Jabrisky, Give Gardner, Cup, Harrison Hasco, Jake was JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lezak, Gronkowski, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max... Nielsen, Pavel Kodurev, Randy Tesser. Randy's the man. I'm going to stop right now. Randy is the man. Ryan Sheridan, uh, Steven Lomayer, Stig Bullbox, Swine Gart, The Drop BK, Tom Sinclair, Tommy O'Neal, Tory from Manhattan, Vinnie Brocco, Vinny Hay, and Will Specter. I was thinking, and if you're listening to this still, I was kind of thinking of a fun little new segment for the Insiders. Let me know in the Insiders chat, or if you want to reach out otherwise. If you'd like to have like you know a one or two minute spot at the end of the show, if you're an insider, I thought we could do like you know we'll go through. Maybe we'll maybe will we, I'll vet something out. We'll put it on the end. Who knows? That'd be fun, right? We love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us again. And this is the last time I promise. At the gym mill on Wednesday, first come first serve. Don't know how many people can can hold down there. I think I think it's 21 years older. I'm not positive. Call the gym mill. Vaccination card required. On Thursday, we'll be at the game. I don't think I'll be in my Pope costume. I'm not sure backpacks are allowed. I'm still trying to find that out. Uh, but I'll still be able to see all of you and your smiling faces. Let's go, Rangers. Let's hope that Tom Wilson doesn't own this team in multiple ways. And let's hope we get two dubs to start off the year. We'll be back on Friday with BSBOT, as I said earlier. Because we were rec- we at the two games, so we're recording on Friday. Many, 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 many good times to come. This team is fun. This It's a really fun team. I'm super excited. Love you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye.